stumble to the kitchen for myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping. With folks like me on the job from nine to five. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And before I get started, I do have to give one quick shout-out here. I want to give a shout-out to my main man, Elvis Delinsky, for not only providing you guys with a epic recap of AW All Out, which you can check out if you haven't heard it already, please here on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, whichever hosting site you're on. Check out the AEW All Out recap if you haven't already after you listen to this NXT recap, of course. But I want to give a shout out to him as well for the very kind words that he had to say about me at the beginning of his um, recap. As you know, Elvis and I have been friends for a very long time. He's a very important part of the show, and he likes to give me shit from time to time. I do it to him, he does it to me. It's a big part of our friendship. But for Elvis to take time away from all of that to show the love and appreciation for the hard work that I put into this show and the fact that I juggle so much shit to provide you guys with a show really means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that Elvis is aware of that, that he acknowledges that, and he's grateful for it, especially when I also have to whip these guys into shape to make sure they give you guys a proper recap on time. And as grateful as I am for the things Elvis said to me about me on the show, rest assured I will still be trying to whip him into shape to make sure that this week's AEW Dynamite gets out to you guys 
as well. So with that said, let's get started. We're going to talk about the NXT results from September 7th, 2021. The reason I'm sending it out to you guys now is because on Tuesday when I got back home from Florida, which I'll talk more about that when Elvis and I team up again for our next episode, I was dead ass dog tired um, and just was not able to watch NXT. So I decided to watch NXT on Wednesday. It is actually 8.25 p.m. on Wednesday at the time that I am recording this. I just finished watching NXT, and now I'm here to do this recap for you guys. And, you know, now that I'm back in the groove of things, I'm back from my vacation, I'm ready to talk some NXT. So, of course, we're talking about NXT from this past Tuesday. The show kicks off with our first official match of the evening. Ember Moon goes one-on-one against Kay Lee Ray. This was a great opening match. And what I love most about it is that it solidified why NXT has the best women's wrestling of all. You will not find a brand with better women's wrestling than NXT, and this proved why with how great the storyline was, the back-and-forth action, Ember Moon clearly wanting revenge for the comments Kaylee Ray had to say about her. But what I love most about this is the fact that Kaylee Ray hits the gory bomb for the win and basically solidifies that she is coming to NXT from the UK to make a statement. And as much as I love Ember Moon, and we'll get into more about that a little later in this recap, I love the fact that Kaylee Ray got her moment to shine. Because she just now showed up in NXT. She's clearly left the UK. She's going to be here more often. So she needs to be established as a badass. Because she already has a badass reputation from the UK. Now, am I saying she needs to be the women's champion immediately? Absolutely not. But I do believe that is something that needs to be brought in for the future. That is something they need to take a look at. But she needed this great opening win. Next... We cut to uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, who are back together, and they said they don't just want to win the tag team title tonight, they want to end MSK. And all I got to say about that is, dear God, I hope that they do. I so hope that they do. Why? Because I am sick to death of MSK. I am very anti-MSK, as you all know, because they are a spot monkey tag team. I do not like their spot monkey bullshit. And I am waiting for a credible tag team to beat the shit out of MSK because they never should have had the belts in the first fucking place. That being said, we move to the Bachelorette Party. We're in Disney World in Australia for Indy Hartwell's Bachelorette Party because she is engaged to Dexter Loomis. And next week on NXT is the wedding. So naturally, we're having the Bachelorette Parties. Now, apparently, Persia came all the way here... um, for, to mostly go to Disney World. Uh, some people actually came for the Bachelorette party. And of course, um, Indy gave a great speech about falling in love with Dexter Loomis and how also how Candice LeRae has molded her into the type of woman she is today, which Candice found very moving, especially since it looks like Candice is the maid of honor for the wedding. So in general, it was a decent, you know, sp- a decent Bachelorette party, but it, there was nothing really entertaining about this. It was mostly just a bunch of gossip and... You know, a couple of speeches. This was not really an entertaining bachelorette party. And I felt that it should have been. There should have been more emphasis put on fun. Why? Because it's a fucking bachelorette party. We've seen enough stereotypes and enough shows to know what goes on with bachelorette parties. 
And as a comedian who has seen a lot of bachelorette parties and comedy clubs, I can fucking tell you now, bachelorette parties, women act fucking crazy. And it's the most perverted you will ever see women get. Even women who aren't naturally uh, perverted or kinky get perverted or kinky at a bachelorette party. You know, there's always some type of um, cake or cookies or something in a, in, that's shaped like a dick. And they all, like, have fun with that and joke around with that. And, ooh, look at all this. They go to, like, a male strip clubs and shit or hire male dancers. That's what happens generally at bachelorette parties. And I felt that this was way too bland. Like, and I don't like that. Like, if you're, I mean, obviously, I don't expect them to make have, like, you know, cock-shaped anything because it's NXT and WWE, for the most part, is still a PG program. So I wasn't expecting that. But I expected at least something fun to happen other than them sitting around a fucking dinner table at a fucking restaurant. This was boring and not entertaining at all. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have... Carmelo Hayes versus Santos Escobar with Legado del Fantasma. Okay, this is the portion of the show where I need to give a little disclaimer. And that is, the views and events that I'm about to express belong solely to Vinny Bucci. They do not reflect the views of the Boochcast co-hosts or the affiliates. But this needs to be said. I love this match. I thought it was very well done. I think Carmelo Hayes is an incredible entertainer, incredible wrestler. Santos Escobar goes without saying he's incredible in the ring. Both these men put on a wrestling clinic. But the part that's about to offend everyone is right here. Who the fuck in creative thought it was a good idea to have Electra Lopez body slam Carmelo Hayes? On what planet do you think that's okay? Because I got news for you. It fucking ain't. All right? Let me make this clear. I don't give a fuck about political correctness. I don't give a fuck about gender equality. And I don't give a fuck if this makes me sound sexist. Come at me. I'll, I'll take all the letters I can get. I don't care. Unless you are a woman that is shaped like China or Nia Jax. You have no fucking business body slamming any man for any reason. I, I, you guys know me. I love Electra Lopez. I think she is great in the ring, and I think she is a hot piece of ass. But on no planet do I think she is worthy of body slamming any man. You just buried Carmelo Hayes with that one fucking body slam. And I know people are going to say, well, his back was turned and he turned around. Fuck that. Not only did she body slam him, she, it's, she picked him up as you would a child. It took no effort. I felt no strain. She didn't sell it. She basically body slammed Carmelo Hayes like he was nothing. Now, I will say there is one exception to this rule. If Carmelo Hayes was body slamming someone like... Uh, Marco stunted growth or was body slamming a fan from the audience, like picking someone up and slamming them. Like, let's say 
I was an I was an announcer and manager for NXT, and Electra Lopez decided to pick me up and slam me. That would make sense because I'm not a wrestler and she is. So that would be a credible situation. But no female wrestler should be body slamming a male wrestler, especially with ease, unless you have a body like China, God rest her soul, or Nia Jax. Those are the type of women that are allowed to body slam or put their hands on men and have it make sense. Why? Because they look badass, they have a badass size, and they look like women that could easily beat the shit out of men. This was the worst thing you could have ever fucking done to Carmelo Hayes. The worst thing. This guy wins the NXT Breakout Tournament. You're looking for your next breakout star. The next guy you want to make a top guy in NXT. And Carmelo Hayes deserves it. Because he's incredible in the ring. He's incredible on the mic. This dude is the future of NXT. Or was the future of NXT. And he got buried in one moment. How am I supposed to take this man seriously. When even Elektra can pick him up and body slam him. At this point, no one should be struggling to body slam Carmelo Hayes. It's called psychology. It's called storytelling. And again, I don't care if this makes me sound sexist. It's the fucking truth. By Electra Lopez picking up Carmelo and slamming him, she just buried him. This was the worst thing you could have ever fucking done to him. This is worse than the loss. I can accept him taking a loss from Santos Escobar. Why? Because he has a fucking contract for any championship he wants. This is fucking stupid. And it makes me think that Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are not waiting until next week to officially take over NXT. Because they're taking over. No pun intended. They're taking over next week. And trust me, Elvis and I are going to have some more to say about that when we get together. But they're taking over. And Triple H apparently had, had, a, had a... a heart attack or some heart issue and had to go to the hospital so he clearly was not at NXT because there's no fucking way Triple H would let that shit happen. Nobody who respects professional wrestling would allow that shit to go down. You ask anyone in the business, any promoter, any veteran, anyone who is worth a damn in this business would tell you that that was a stupid fucking thing to do. And Carmelo Hayes is going to have a long time digging himself out of that fucking hole. Now, I'm not mad at Electra Lopez because she's being told what to do and she's doing what's told. But whoever came up with that idea needs to be slapped in the face repeatedly like the way Corny slapped Santino and he needs to be out. That person should never book wrestling again. I don't give a fuck who it is. Because that was a retarded fucking thing to do. And Carmelo Hayes just got embarrassed on live TV. Because yes, if you are a guy and a woman can pick you up easily and slam you to the ground, that is fucking embarrassing. Especially when Electra Lopez does not have a body type that is worthy of being able to pick up a man and fucking body slam him. This is bullshit. It buried Carmelo and it should never have fucking happened. And it shows me that psychology is all is damn near dead in wrestling. And I expect better from NXT because they actually use psychology. This is the type of bullshit I expect to happen in AEW where they don't give a shit about psychology. They don't give a shit about making things look believable. All they care about is, ooh, ah, look at how many flips I can do. 
If this is what the future of NXT looks like, I don't know how much longer I can recap this shit. My only regret is that John's not here to give his takes. I'd love to hear what he thinks. But unfortunately, we got another month or so before he comes back. Anyway, we cut to the backstage area. Regal announces a fatal four-way match to determine Samoa Joe's first NXT Championship challenger. It'll be LA Knight versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly. Okay, well, all I gotta say is I'm intrigued by this match. I really am. I know it's going to happen next week, but what I'm most intrigued about is all four of these men could easily take the title from Samoa Joe. Now, I don't know when that NXT championship match is going to take place. I don't know if Samoa Joe is going to be defending his title up until that point or taking out some people before that time. I don't know how long of a title reign Samoa Joe is going to have. But to me, it depends on who wins. Because LA Knight, I would love to see him as NXT champion. I think he's got all the right tools to be a champ. Tommaso Ciampa, I I like Tommaso, but I've already seen him as NXT champion. I don't need to see it again. So if he wins, it should be so Samoa Joe can choke him out and and remain a champion. Pete Dunne, totally okay with that. Would love to see Pete Dunne with the title, especially with the heel dominant run that he's having. And Kyle O'Reilly, I'd love to see him with the belt. I mean, he just beat Adam Cole. Basically, you know, got rid of him. As uh, if you listen to the AEW All Out recap, you already know. uh, Adam Cole is no longer with us in NXT or WWE, period. So since Kyle O'Reilly was the one that basically uh, sent Adam Cole packing... Uh, I, I love to see him with the get a title shot. I think that'd be great too. Any of these guys could be NXT champions. So the only person I wouldn't want to see is Tommaso Ciampa because he's already held the belt. So if Tommaso wins, then that should be so Samoa Joe can successfully retain the title and have a run before somebody else beats him who's more deserving. Again, I don't hate Tommaso Ciampa. It's just that I've already seen him as the champ. So I'd rather see some new blood if... This person, if, if this person's going to actually take the belt from Samoa Joe. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have the Creed brothers, Julius and Brutus Creed with the Diamond Mine, versus Paxton Averill and Chucky Viola. I love this match. I love this match. Uh, I want to see more of the Creed brothers. These guys are have the potential to be the best tag team in NXT. They are badass motherfuckers. They look like amateur wrestlers. They compete like amateur wrestlers. They have a little bit of badassness in them, but they wrestle a little in the ring. They wrestle like amateur wrestlers with the occasional scoop slam and clothesline and everything, but these guys look amazing, and I especially love the way they tag into the ring where they basically slap each other in the face, but they have to do it like repeatedly to look to make to make sure it functions well when they do their tag team moves and everything looks flawless everything looks great their double team moves are phenomenal like the irish whip into the fireman's carry it just everything looks smooth and then in the end um julius is a modified suplex into a basement elbow strike and gets the one two three and the creed brothers win again i this tag team is amazing i love it I mean, right? They're 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 just they're just generic in the way they they present themselves. But when the bell rings, they can fuck shit up, and it works. It works. I I don't know how it works, but it works, and it makes me want to see more. It's it's gritty. It's tough. 
You need more. We need more badasses in wrestling. I feel like we're seeing too much comedy and not enough badasses. We're seeing too many gymnasts and not enough wrestlers. Now we're starting to get more of the wrestling. This is what I want to see. This is how I want to see tag teams wrestle. And it's only their first match and they were beating up a bunch of job guys. But I want to see more from them in the coming weeks. Because I truly believe they are our future NXT tag team champions. How well they do on the main roster, I don't know. But for now, I fucking love what I'm seeing. I want to see more of this team. I could not be more impressed with these guys and how badass they are. On that note, we cut to the backstage area with Ember Moon who says she's in a slump tonight after, but uh, Kaylee Ray woke her up. Moon knows what she has to do, so we should all stay tuned. Now, I have no idea what the fuck this means. Obviously, she mentioned the fact that her tag team partner left her because uh, those of you who may not know, Shotzi Blackheart is basically on the main roster. The only difference is she's currently wrestling in dark matches. And they're putting her in a tag team with Tegan Knox because she also got called up. But they're not quite ready to put her on TV yet, so they have her wrestling dark matches. Um, I'll explain more about that when, again, when Elvis and I get together. I'll save more of the info for that because I want to stay focused on NXT. But as far as what Ember Moon is going to do next, I don't know. Like, is she going to turn heel? Is she going to form a faction? I don't know really what else Ember Moon can do. But whatever she does, it has to be something different. It has to be something that's going to make the audience believe that it's going to take her straight to the NXT Women's Championship. Because otherwise, there's no point in Ember Moon doing a character change if it's not going to go anywhere or it's not going to lead to anything. And right now, I don't know what else Ember Moon can do because there's a lot of women that are climbing up the ladder and she may get lost in the sauce. But like she said, let's stay tuned. On that note, we cut to the studio. Swerve says he should have known Escobar would have a trick up his sleeve. Top Dollar says a hard head makes a soft ass. B-Fab says after what Alexa did last week, now they have a problem. And you know what? I'm glad that B-Fab said that because I'm really, really hoping that this leads to B-Fab Finally getting her ass in the ring. John has said it before. I have said it before. And I'm going to say it again. I want to see what B-Fab can do in the ring. I've seen the other three guys wrestle. I want to see the woman wrestle. I want to see B-Fab versus Electra Lopez in a match. I want to see it. I want to know if B-Fab can work or if she needs to just remain a valet. We need to know. So that's really the only thing I have any interest in right now. Don't get me wrong. I love Hit Row. I love Swerve. I love Top Dollar. I love the Adonis. But I already know what those three can do in a wrestling ring. I want to see what B-Fab can do. So if this doesn't lead to B-Fab and Electra Lopez going one-on-one, then her saying we have a problem is a waste of fucking time. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Io Shirai and Zoe Stark defend the titles against Caden Carter and Casey Cantanzaro. This, this was a decent match. I mean, it was a good TV match. That's all it was. I will say, uh, I love Caden and Casey as far as their tag team abilities. I feel like they work very well together as a tag team. 
They're starting to come up with tag team moves. They're starting to work. They're starting to have an entrance that's more fluid like a tag team. They're really starting to establish themselves as a real women's tag team, which you don't see a lot of anymore. Because Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, even though they're tag team champions, they're not a team. Zoe's trying to be friends with Io, but Io doesn't give a shit and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's fucking stupid. It's, it's a concept that's getting old. You know, you got a tag team where one person really wants to be in the team and the other person just doesn't give a shit. It's old. It's played out. RK Bro did it. It was boring when they did it, but at least they found a way to make it work. But now this is just blah. And of course, Shirai hits over the moon and gets the win after Stark hits the merry-go-round GTS. So at least they have some way of finishing a match as a team. But either way, it just wasn't special. Nothing in this match was special. And therefore, I just can't, I can't get into it. I can't get into the tag team champions. And that's just all I got to say about that. And after the match, Mandy Rose, Gigi Jolin, and JC Jane attack Carter and Canton Zero. Why? What's the fucking point? And of course, Mandy Rose has the mask on her face. Enough with the mask guards already. Sheamus is already fucking doing it. Now we got Mandy Rose doing it. This is getting fucking old and stupid fast. Okay? It's stupid. You can't have two people in the same fucking company doing the same shit. It looks boring and it looks stupid. Get the mask off. It's not fucking working. If Mandy Rose is going to do this, take the fucking mask off of Sheamus. Either way, they both look fucking retarded. And next, we cut to Kyle O'Reilly, who says that not giving a damn is very freeing. He has no idea how right he is. And that his new obsession is now the NXT title. Kyle O'Reilly gives a really good promo here. I liked it. And like I said, you know what's freeing? Not giving a damn. It is. When you just don't give a fuck anymore, it really, really frees you. Because you just, when it doesn't care. And also, you know what else not giving a fuck does or giving a damn does? It gives you leverage. Because now, you don't care what happens, but the other person does. So now, when you make deals... The ball is in your court. And on that note, we move on to the next segment here. We got the bachelor party for Dexter Loomis. Now, this was fucking fun. What I was saying before. Now, apparently we got uh, the guy from the NXT breakout tournament. I don't know his name. He's a, he's a big black guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, we got Drake Maverick. We got Cameron Grimes, who's paying for everything. Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, and the zombie referee from that match that uh, Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis had a long time ago. So Dexter and uh, Cameron call a truce, and they go have this party. So first, they go driving around a go-kart track to win $10,000. Johnny Gargano wins. Then they go do some axe throwing, and um, Dexter Loomis shows Johnny Gargano how to throw an axe, and he almost hits a bullseye, so he kind of teaches him. Then they go play laser tag, and while they're playing laser tag, um, you know, they, they're beating everybody. But what's funny about this is the fact that Dexter Loomis is legit punching people, choking people out, smothering their face with chloroform. Like he's knocking them out and Johnny just comes up and shoots them all with a laser tag gun and wins. And then of course, by the time it's over, they're all high-fiving. And then Dexter and Johnny had this awkward moment where are they going to high-five? And then Johnny and Dexter finally do. And then Johnny accepts Dexter into the family and says, let's go plan a wedding. 
So now Dexter Loomis is officially a member of The Way, which is great because Austin Theory, I got news for you guys. He's also on the main roster doing dark matches. So it makes sense for him to bring in Dexter Loomis and make this a four-person team. So it's like it's like they finally accepted Dexter as part of the group. Dexter is obviously wanting to be accepted by Johnny Gargano because he's in love with Indy Hartwell. And it's it's great. It's getting people excited for the wedding next week, which is what this is building to. So the bachelor party was done right. It was perfect. It was everything it needed to be, and it was entertaining. On that note, we cut to the backstage area where Robert Stone tells Frankie Monet he got her a shot at the NXT Women's Championship next week. That is fucking awesome. All I got to say is this. I know there's a wedding next week, and I know there's a number one contenders match. Fatal 4-Way next week. Next week, I want to see Frankie Monet with the NXT Women's Championship. Why? Because I don't think they're going to have a women's title match at TakeOver. Because the next one, unless they come up with one in the next month, is going to be War Games. And all the and most of the top women are most likely going to be competing in War Games. Therefore, I want to see Frankie Monet with the title. Because if Dakota Kai can't take the belt off of Raquel Gonzalez, I don't know who else is fucking worthy at this point. Frankie Monet is on top of her game. And like I said before, she's established a reputation as Taya Valkyrie before she became in as Frankie Monet. I think this would be a great moment for the Robert Stone brand. It'd be great for Frankie Monet. And Raquel Gonzalez doesn't have a lot of credible challengers left. So I don't know who else she can really face. I don't. I don't know who else to put her in the ring with. The most credible woman to beat her was Mercedes Martinez. And not only did she lose... But she got released. So who the fuck else is credible enough to beat Raquel Gonzalez? You might as well have Frankie Monet take the title. But either way, it's going to be a kick-ass match next week. I just hope there's no fuckery from the Robert Stone brand. On that note, we cut Tommaso Ciampa, who talks about wanting revenge on Pete Dunne for what happened to Toothless Timmy. But he also makes it clear that he wants Goldie back. And then he kicks up the chair and walks away. I'm going to be honest, I get that Tommaso's trying to be a badass, but the way he flipped the chair and walked off looked stupid. It felt forced. So I didn't like that part of the promo. And again, I'm not excited about Ciampa becoming NXT champion again. So like I said, if he's going to win this Fatal 4-Way, it should be so that Samoa Joe can get a victory over somebody and keep maintaining his dominance until somebody else beats him for the title. Because Ciampa's the one guy out of everyone I don't want to see with the belt. And once again, it is not because I hate Tommaso Ciampa. I am a fan of Tommaso Ciampa. It's just that I've seen him with the belt already. And if somebody is going to beat Samoa Joe, I want to see new blood, as it were. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Mai Ying with Boa versus Virginia Ferry. This is one of those moments where I would say a match if we even want to call it that. And the answer is no, we don't, because it was quick and it was boring. Ying hits Fairy in the throat, lands a series of strikes, locks her in her version of the Tongan death grip, and pins Fairy one, two, three. The only interesting thing about this match is the fact that if you look closely, Virginia Fairy is basically the dream is Dream Girl Ellie from AEW. Some of you might remember her on AEW. She had a match with uh, Penelope Ford. And she was also went one-on-one against Chrissy Vane at a uh, 
UCW show back in August. Uh, if you remember the promos we played for that uh, pay per view on the show, then you know that she was in. She was at that pay, She was at that show in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, the UCW hometown throwdown back in August. So that's pretty much all I saw from that. Oh, look, it's Dream Girl Ellie. I'm glad to see her. She's in NXT because I feel like in AEW uh, she was not going to thrive because uh, Ellie looks like one of those people that needs to be taught the business. And AEW, from what I've seen, is not a good place to go if you want to learn the business. You got to come to NXT, come to WWE, where they're going to teach you the business with proper coaches. And then when you go to AEW, you can implement that while you build your own self. But somebody has to start somewhere, and AEW is not a good place to start because there's nobody running the ship. You need somebody to run the ship that's going to pull you aside and go straighten up your fucking up so you can learn and get better. AEW, I'm sorry, is not going to do that. NXT will. So I think this is a good place for her. As far as my yin goes, not interested, not invested, could give a fuck less. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Tag Team Titles. MSK defends the gold against Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan with Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland in their corner. This was not bad. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was a good tag team match. I still hate MSK. I still think they are spot monkey junkies, and I can't stand them. But I will say this. The one with the afro does have some ground game, and I was impressed with that. He was a hard. He had some hard-hitting moves. He had a little bit of ground game before he eventually went to the spot monkey shit. The other guy is just a straight-up spot monkey. That's all the fuck he is. But uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch were able to complement the styles a little bit. They were able to make it work. Uh, the match was decent. MSK hits their finish on Lorcan. They get the one, two, three. They're still the NXT Tag Team Champions, which uh, fucking pisses me off because, like I said before, I'm sick of seeing them with the belts. I hate them. They're an AEW Tag Team. They're not an NXT Tag Team. They're they're one of the few things in NXT that I fucking hate. But I, And then after the match, Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland beat down Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan, which, of course, begs the question... Why the fuck are you doing this? Seriously, this is fucking stupid. They lost the tag team titles. Big fucking deal. Why are you splitting up a four-man team? Especially when you're two months away from war games. This is your most dominant four-man faction that you have. With the Undisputed Era clearly dead and gone, especially since two of the guys are already out of NXT, one is sitting at home with a non-compete clause. The other one's in fucking AEW. And, you know, you got Kyle O'Reilly about to go for the NXT title. And, you know, Roderick Strong getting ready for a Cruiserweight title shot. Why would you break up this four-man team? It makes no fucking sense. Now, if they went to war games and they lost and then you decided to do this, okay, I could get that. That could make sense to me. But when you make stupid decisions... Like this, it makes no fucking sense. Now what are you going to do for war games? Who you got? Where does this team go from here? Part of what made Pete Dunne great was that he had a faction. This was stupid. First of all, not giving the belts to Birch and Lorcan was already stupid enough. But to break this faction up on top of it is even dumber. Because now basically Pete Dunne's going to be a singles guy 
Ridge Holland's basically going to be a bodyguard at this point. You know, he's going to be the almost to his AJ Styles or the Diesel to his Shawn Michaels. That's basically what the fuck we're going to see with Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. And Birch and Lorcan, what the fuck are they going to do? They just lost a tag team title shot. So right now, they're pretty much going to feud with Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. Okay, then where the fuck do they go from there? This is stupid, shitty booking, and all it's doing is making me nervous for what's to come. Because starting next week, Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard are taking over NXT. They're not going to be overseeing all the segments, but they are definitely going to be overseeing the whole thing. Triple H might still have a little bit of control here and there, but Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard are running the ship now. Going forward, Triple H is no longer left to his own devices in NXT. So I already know we are in for some bullshit, and I'm already seeing an appetizer. This is just an appetizer. It's an appetizer. It's what you eat before you eat to make you more hungry. If this is what's gonna, if this is what, if this is a sign of things to come under Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. I don't see NXT lasting very long on the USA Network, and I see myself becoming a bitter NXT fan, which is something I never thought I would be. I expect better from NXT because like I mentioned before up until recently they were the best game in town it was the only wrestling show I would even watch from start to finish anymore because everything else in wrestling was making me angry Raw was making me angry Smackdown was making me angry AEW was making me angry I leaned on NXT and now it's about to be shot to shit now obviously as an analyst I am going to watch next week, and I look forward to seeing what happens. But after what I've seen here and with some of the other things that happened on this show, I'm going to be honest. I'm not optimistic about NXT's future. All right. That, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's episode of NXT. I thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcast. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or if you want to be a super fan, follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, make sure you guys like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as other great content for you guys to check out. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos that we have for you guys. Also, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can check out Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, as well as our Wrestling Watch Parties, our D&D One-Shot, Funny Skits, all available on the Boochcast YouTube channel. So make sure you guys hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified for new episodes that are going to be coming soon of Dark Side of the Ring. As I mentioned before, we currently have Nick Gage, Collision in Korea, and the Smith family already recorded we just need to do the brian pillman videos the ultimate warrior and the dynamite kid and i was hoping we get these done before the second half of dark side of the ring comes out sadly does not look like that will be the case but those episodes are still coming soon so make sure you guys are notified for when those episodes will drop as well as other additional boochcast youtube content that is coming soon also make sure you guys follow us on twitch Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Uh, we had a SummerSlam one up there. It is no longer there, which means it'll be coming to the YouTube channel very soon. But our next live watch party on Twitch 
will be Sunday, November 21st for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. So mark the day on your calendar. Follow us now on Twitch so you know when we'll be going live for Survivor Series. Also, next month in October will be our live DND show. That's right. You've been listening to us talk about this for weeks and months. We've been promoting it and driving y'all crazy. We know sometime in October we will be making this happen. We just got to get the team together to figure out what we're going to do and where we're going to do it. But also, rest assured, we have a big surprise for the D&D show. When I'm finally able to reveal it, it will blow your fucking minds. But just know, the D&D show is coming in October, and it will be live on Twitch. So make sure you are following us on Twitch so you can check out the live action and live chat with us during all of our live Twitch events. And of course... You can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. That's right. You can become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels that you can contribute at. Prizes for each level are coming soon. The first level is you can donate to the show 99 cents per month. That's one option if you... Don't want to break the bank, but still want to support the show. 99 cents is the perfect place to go. 99 cents per month helps keep the Boochcast going. Also, if you want to, if you got some extra spending cash, you can go to the next level and donate $4.99 per month. That's right. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. You can pay here to the Boochcast. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. Some of y'all aren't even fans of the Peacock. So don't give them your money. Give us your money. We will put it to good use. And finally, you can go to the last level, which is $9.99 per month. That's right. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. You can now put towards the Boochcast. You got nowhere to put the $9.99, so send it over here. We got better content than the network anyway, and we actually care about our fans. You can pay with a credit card or with GPay. And all the money that gets donated to this show goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests. We pay the bills. It also allows me to take care of all the guys who work very, very hard behind the scenes and on air to make the Booch cast thrive and make it possible for you guys to listen to. So you have a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>